All right, thanks for sticking around. If you're sticking around for Q&A, we're gonna jump right into it here. Uh, we'll, we'll get Bruce back for it. But I'm gonna go ahead and throw that number up there right now, which is 360-447-8474 until I have the tune worked out. Uh, that's what you can text in any questions, comments, or concerns hey. to. And we'll- uh, Ken, we'll before you move. Who? Ken. Ken. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm curious. I have something to show you. Yeah? Um, I don't know if Ken can hear me. Ask, ask Ken if he can find the picture. The, the, the one with the, the hand holding the red stone. See if he can put that up a on the hand, screen. The hand holding the red stone. I saw that when you put that up there, I was curious what I it was. Yeah, I want to tell you. Because it was a little nondescript. I thought I was like, is that a bloody gummy heart? Like it, I no, it's a rock. What, was it a rock? But I'm curious it if he can find squishy. it. It looks squishy. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, I thought it was. Let's see, it's the hand holding the red stone, and I think it has a scripture over it, so we might be, not be able to see it that oh, well. Oh, yeah, well, they're looking for it without that. Okay, there we go. Okay, see... <laughs> yeah, up closer, I can already see it's a rock better. Okay, but it kind of looks like a heart, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, here's the thing, if you, anybody wants a bonus... I like bonuses. Yes, we're told that he's the, he's the cornerstone and the rock yeah. and the stone and all that. Yes. We're told he's the precious stone. Yes. In Revelation, we're told he looks like a jasper yes. stone. And we're also told in Revelation that jasper is a precious stone. Precious corner jasper stone. And he, when John sees him in Revelation, he sees one like a jasper stone. Right, and right, that's right, what, right, right. And so I thought when it, the scripture was about I lay a stone in Zion and I thought, well, I should go look up what a jasper stone is because if he's compared to a jasper stone, yeah. I type in jasper stone and it looks like a heart. That's the jasper? I thought jasper was like one of those white milky ones or am I thinking of barrel It comes in all colors, that. but... Oh, does it? But red is the real popular one. Anyway, really? I just thought that was and fantastic. What, is, what does Jasper mean? Do you know that off the top of your nope. head? I know. I feel like it's a, something deeper still. Okay. Wow, that's cool. Anyway, that was my, that was my share. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay, well, cool. Um, great Sunday. I loved it Sunday. top to bottom. How long did I go? Did I go way over? It didn't feel like it. Oh, yeah, how much, it how much over did I go? <laughs> I went forever over. <laughs> I, yeah. I just, you know, I was trying to edit it no. down. It was 300 and some words too long, and I just... We will take it. I couldn't... Somebody says your shoe's untied. I don't well, have shoes. You don't have them. Or they just made us look good one, whoever that was. You win. <laughs> um, yeah, great stuff this morning. This is good because it kind of felt like, yeah, this last couple of months, we've been talking about how you got to just you know, accommodate and love and tolerate. And we all had that like, when do I get to give them one straight to the kisser? <laughs> and it was kind for? of like, well, you don't, but you do. But there is Jesus a balancing. To, yeah, yeah. There's a stumbling uh, it, it block really... that's good for them. Don't worry. They don't just get off scot-free. It's, it's a good, you know, process to Yeah, break. and it was feeling like a, a lady, um, very nice lady, talked to me after a service last Sunday, and she very kindly let me know that it was feeling a little out of balance. You know, she loved the messages, but with all this talk on listening to your conscience and feeling, she goes, what about the non-negotiables? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh, thank you for bringing that to my attention because I'm, you know, I want to preach in balance. And I said, so maybe we'll look at the non-negotiables this Sunday. Well, it just opened up a whole wonderful uh, 
missing perspective. Right. It's like all of a sudden I'm hit with uh, Jesus is a stumbling stone. I went, wow, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute. Why is he going to be a stumbling stone? Yeah. And then realizing, well, there's obviously a good stumbling stone and then the rock of offense and really, okay. So I think we needed it this morning. The reminder that you're not, you know, really trying to draw these definitions. Yeah. That we are absolutely not supposed to pressure someone into violating their conscience. Period. Even if we're on the right side of the information. <laughs> Am I playing with it too much? Even if we're on the right side of the information, uh, because that causes them to sin. Right. But we are to trouble people with the truth. Right. And there's a big difference between the two. And those guidelines for it, uh, I, wherever it was, you outlined it, right? Where it's you just have to, you, you can know when you're doing it that way and not the other way. And it has <laughs> yeah. to do with the intentions of your heart, that you have the things of God in mind. It cannot be in any way, shape, or form the things of man. Yeah. Okay, we got a few questions, so I want to jump right okay. in here. When the heart is deceitful beyond all measure, how do we mature our conscience and ensure it's not deceitful? That's a good question because that's That's a tricky. good question. You know, it's really funny, but I go back to the little cartoon of the angel and the devil. I do too. Because there's two characters that are talked about in the Bible that are so interwoven as part of us. One is our conscience. And mm -hmm. we're told uh, that it's the purest part of us and that God speaks directly to it and that it can be made pure. Right. It can be made white as snow. Uh, what is it, Ezekiel 3.10, uh, Son of man, receive every word I've spoken into your heart and have ears to hear. And that's why Jesus was always saying, he who has ears to hear. Man does not live by bread alone, by every word. So the more that you receive God's word, your conscience is all ears. And it's, yeah. it's taking it in, taking it in, and God speaks to it. And it guides and directs. Then you have your vain imagination. And that right. seems to be the thing that's on the other shoulder. Your vain imaginations following the dictates of your own heart and your own vain imaginations. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it helps just to picture the cartoon devil and angel knowing this is all me. It's all just my, you know, it's got something to do with that worship with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. those are all, God's made you a very intricate thing. Right. And they're in there somewhere as a vain imagination and that's that wicked, deceitful heart. Right, right. You know, don't even call it a heart. That's the wicked, deceitful part of you. Yeah, yeah, Vain yeah, yeah. imagination. Uh, in fact, in Mary's song, when, G when she's carrying Jesus and she sings her song, she says somewhere in that song that, uh, that they've been led astray by in their, led astray in, in, in their, their imagination, yeah, in their... Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The imagination of their heart. There you go. And so the heart has this imagination. Right, the right. The vain imagination. Okay. And so I just think of it, well, that's that guy. And then there's the conscience that's going, hey, I'm pretty innocent. And all yeah. I want to do is absorb truth. So could you just feed me some? Right. I'll and you can corner that other guy with truth. I mean, like, that's the whole idea is because it's your vain imagination, right? That says, like, oh, how can I make this yes. work? For, how can I flip it? And if you put enough truth in front of it, it's like, well, I don't have an out anymore. Yeah. You've got him. You well, and so those, are, those two characters are really brought to life when Paul starts talking about, hey, you know how you got the new man in you? And yeah. the old man, you got to kill the old man? And it's yeah. like, kill the old man? And I got <laughs> yeah. the new man. He's like, well, you know, your conscience and your vain imagination. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But think That's, of it that way, you know? It's, it helps. Yeah. And you kill him with... 
knowledge I, of kindness. I'd run over like a jaywalker. Oh, we're all a little nervous now. Actually, somebody said something. Does Bruce ride the ride the bumper of someone doing 25 in order to make more business for the wrecking yard? Is that <laughs> the idea? That's good stuff. Um, okay, one. Oh, here's one that I just you should address. Uh, not trying to make a judgment, just interested to hear your thoughts. Do you think that making a joke which relies on old Native American stereotypes in today's message is a little ironic, considering how a lot of people might perceive it and the fact that it was that it wasn't really necessary? Um, very good question. No, I thought about that before making that joke. Uh, that in no way is uh, is playing into a stereotype. That's what they actually did. They called themselves like Chief, Running Bull, uh, you know. Right. That's the names they gave themselves. That isn't like a stereotype that we use to make fun of them. To perpetuate or something necessarily, sure. Yeah. Um, and so when I thought of that, I thought, no, because uh, right now what's happening, what's sadly what's happening uh, in America especially, is we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And we're losing relational contact because you can't make any joke that happens to mention anybody's actual characteristics. It's like, well, no, you just can't make mean ones. Right. You can't well, demean and insult. And you shouldn't be uh, uh, perpetuating stereotypes and that thing. But we should still be enjoying relationally each other's company. And we can still poke fun in innocent ways that brings us all closer together. As long as, because yeah, like the message and the stuff we've been talking about is as long as there is, I mean, if somebody takes offense and that's going to happen, the way that you can make that judgment the best is to know your audience, know the heart with which you said it, with which it's going to be received, and weigh and judge all those things yes. and say, is it, also, does it have that I'm capacity Also, I'm applying it to Jesus. And so as I was thinking this through, I have a lot more concern about about making a joke that could tarnish him more so even right. than perpetuating a stereotype. Right. I'm more concerned about doing harm to the image of Christ. I, I, and I will But in these messages, like with, you know, Felix, the Roman cat, and Turtleus, I'm trying to make things stick. I get this That's, 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, today I took longer. Uh, and I'm just, you know, it's fire hose coming at people. So any way I can take, that's why the pictures, you know, the right. ham is like, it's, I love making people laugh because if I make someone laugh, they remember. It sticks more. I, I was just going, that And if what, I can be absurd well, and if me. I can be, and so that's all I'm trying to do. I, I, I appreciate those things because again, for better or worse, and sometimes even coming up to a line, pushing an envelope. It does make things memorable in a way because we are, that flesh is so ready to tune out a lot of the stuff that I don't want to hear. Tell me about it. But, but boy, when you, when you have something like that, I, trying to keep Trying to keep people awake and alert and wanting, it's, there's, you know, yeah. there's work involved. And so when I say uh, Turtleus and Felix the Cat, yeah. uh, they're going to remember there's this scripture where Paul was a troublemaker and it was like a turtle and a Felix the Cat. You know, they'll have yeah. a way to find it. Uh, they'll remember, a lot of people will remember that Jesus is called Chief Cornerstone. Yeah. There's nothing insulting in that uh, to anyone involved. Right. It's, but it is humorous that Chief Cornerstone sounds like a name the American Indians would use. 
Uh, right. That's, I mean, that's just a hum and the only reason it's humorous is because Jesus was a Jew in Israel, in, not in, in time, an American right. Indian. It's a that's the only juxtaposition, humor. right? It's like, the, well, of course, yeah, he, no one had a name like that then and there, but they did here and then, you and know, that's so kind then you of, put yeah. them together. Okay. Um, ham for American Easter equals... <laughs> <laughs> Ham for American Easter equals stored. Salted ham was the only meat still available in March, April after North American winters. I, I believe it. That sounds... But I'll bet I've you... I've a lot of... Uh, but I'll bet you... Uh, uh, what do you call it? A Jewish person that's really serious about practicing their faith. Orthodox. Orthodox. But I'll bet you the Orthodox Jews still didn't eat it. <laughs> that's right. It's like the reason we... There's a... It's, I've wondered before, and this week I kind of satisfied that itch in my brain... Which is, why ham on Easter, it almost seems a little sacrilegious. But now in looking at the whole thing, we're... Well, just like what you said before, it draws your attention necessarily to something to have to unpack it. So when you, it makes it memorable. Why are we having ham? Glad you asked. You wouldn't have if it was roast beef. But because it's ham, then you have to say, well, why is it? How come? Because especially, it seems like you shouldn't. Mm, but that's where you're wrong. And it invites the discussion, the question, and the reality of who Jesus was. I like that. I wonder if anybody on Easter has ham with pearl onions. Like the pearly gates? No, like casting your pearls before swine. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's okay. We good got okay. Um, let's see here. We got a couple more. Is our conscience a synonym for the voice of the Holy Spirit? No. Next. You know how we know? How's that? Because our Scripture. conscience uh, can be, can lead us... Because Paul's talking about our weak conscience and how it needs to be strengthened, and his Holy Spirit isn't weak. Our ability to hear him is weak. Uh, there are scriptures that talk about him speaking directly to the Spirit inside of us. Mm -hmm. And it's like he's put a Spirit in us, and he communicates with it. Um, it's like I said, it's our onboard guidance system. We're just giving a basic operating system. Yeah. If, if there was anything that ever proved there's a God, it's the conscience in secular humans. It's right. like, because where are they learning this? Where are they learning that this, what, who's, who programmed this voice in right. their head that's telling them what's right and what's wrong and how it just coincidentally matches with scripture? Yeah. Well, and I, I remember struggling with that because early on, then you have a lot of evolutionary biologists who say, well, it's, you know, it's a byproduct of uh, survival, right? Because all of these things that are good for people, so like caring about other people and everything is going to perpetuate your species. Okay. Um, I think C.S. Lewis points out a whole deal like, and it would have, you could have done it a whole lot better because it's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that the conscience says, does, drives you to in an innate way that is not very helpful with survival, you know, doing things against your own survival for the betterment of other people. Right. And that's, that altruism, you know, only works if everybody does it. It like... And the if world's everybody, never had everybody doing exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the, I think that's a beautiful illustration of what the reality, okay. the created reality that God is intending. Okay. Here's I some, went so far over that we, we got to wrap gotta, up. Okay, well, then, well, then I'm not even going to ask that question. It's going to take a what? long time because it's off was topic. It another, was it a person's? It's a person's question, but it's a It's, it's a off bit topic? Of, yeah, and it's a big Well, one. what was the question? Okay. Let's just hear it. So that they don't feel it left doesn't out. really get bigger than this. Please help me clear this up. If you are a believer of any religion, Jew, Christian, etc., do all believers go to heaven when we die, or do you have to be one faith, i.e., Christian? Uh, it depends what what you believe, because as 
a person who believes in Scripture, the Scriptures are clear that Jesus says, um, there is no other way to the Father except through me. I, the, I put my faith in Christ. No one can put their faith in Christ and say, but that thing he said was just BS. Right. You have to say, I believe in Christ, therefore, I believe he's the only way to the Father. Now, if you pin me down and say, so what's he mean exactly? How, how many ways through Christ are there? And exactly what does he mean to the Father and all? Well, we've got to pull all the scriptures together and look at that. And even after we do, we will acknowledge mm -hmm. that the Bible's unclear about an awful lot. To us presently, yes. <laughs> to, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. That, that we, we know that we know enough to trust in him and to stand on what he says. And he says, there's no other way to the Father except through the Son. Yes. So you can either believe in Jesus and accept that or don't accept that. But don't say you believe in Jesus. Right, right, right. You know, you can throw Jesus out and say, I think every way gets to, gets to heaven. Mm -hmm. You can do that. You can say, I believe in Jesus, therefore I believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father. Through him is the only way to the Father. You can do that. You can't say, I believe in Jesus, I just reject what he said. Right, right. And also, anytime we're having this conversation, I always like to throw in the, there is no deceit or unfairness in God's plan. No. So whatever it is, the way that it works out will be fair and equitable for every human being who stands before every that. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. That's and say right. this is right that's, and this is what it's this supposed is how to be. It's supposed to we be. don't settle for the cartoon image of what happens after death. We're not given all the particulars. Like in Romans where Paul says, you know that conscience in their mind accuses them and when they stand before in the judgment, uh, when they don't have the law and blah, 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 mm -hmm. you go, Wait, there's a whole like thing where he judges the heart. And so even if you check all the boxes, that doesn't mean you got it made because, but I said the right name. And Jesus says, well, you know, there's going to be an awful lot that say, but Lord, we did all this stuff in your name. And, and I'll say, I didn't know you. Sorry. Yeah. And, it, you know, classic line, the two surprises in heaven, who's there and who isn't. Right, right, right. So... Yes, I believe you here. So I have her saying all that. Yes, I believe you can be in other religions and go to heaven because I believe that God examines the heart. And if somebody is born, let's say a kid's born in India and never hears about the gospel, gets hit by a bus when they're 15 or years Bruce. old, I have to be in India, gets hit by a bus and dies. Scripture is very clear that there is a path. Mm -hmm. There is a way, but it goes through Jesus Christ. It's, it's kind of like when Peter talks about in the New Testament, in one of his things about uh, Jesus and he died and he, you know, preached to the souls that were alive in Noah's day. And you go, well, there's a story I wish he would have elaborated yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yes, fair and yes, true. Yes, God has everything Worked under control. Out. There's not a... Eternity part is that the... he didn't think about and that you're going to say, oh, that wasn't fair. You should have done that. And he goes, well, tough noogies. Like That's I said that. before, I'm in heaven. I plan on saying over and over, oh, but I thought, oh, but I thought, yeah. oh, but I thought. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, I and then ultimately yep. it's going to yep. be, but wow, is this perfect. Yeah. He says, well, yeah, do you not get that the scripture basically says eternity is created to fulfill your desire. That's all I do. Right, right. So your desire just gets fulfilled. For eternity, which is why I'm a big believer in the old hell isn't hell's locked from the inside. Do you want to explain that? Nope. Okay. Don't have time. All right. Um, 
In marriage, is a wife to submit to her husband even if her conscience is violated or compromised in order to keep the peace? Um, no, you need marriage counseling and you need to make sure that you're both approaching it with that Christ uh, commanded uh, equity where the husband loves the wife as Christ right. loved the church with full sacrificial love and then the wife respects the husband and it is all when you really look at the scriptures there it is not a the woman submits and the husband right. demands it is you come together in this unity of one and yeah and I think it's it's kind of like we've been talking about like that Romans 13 submission to authorities which yeah. might even apply there where you say well is is it something that is violating your conscience that is a direct you know if, if they're saying you can't go to church anymore and you have to deny your faith well what do you think of course you yeah. say sorry I can't submit to that I have to submit to God higher than that if there's a higher law at work there then 100 percent so not knowing the situation I would just encourage you to make sure that uh, you get some help. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. You submit to love always, and that ought to be bi-directional, and you should invite and people and the Lord yeah, into you know, it. Because I want to say, don't stay in a situation that's abusive. Don't, of you know, course. just all that stuff. Yes. Talk to somebody that can help. Yes. Okay. Um, Is that it? I think, yeah, let's, I think that's a good, good point to stop. Good stuff. Good yeah, stuff to chew on. Let's see. Stumbling I love the smell blocks. of gasoline, and apparently I, you don't. I've never, I get where some people think they do, <laughs> but I mean, it's bad on purpose. I feel like that's one of those things like stinky things stink on purpose to drive you away from them. God like built things that way, it sure seems. But I get the point that you're making, which is interesting, that when it's associated with something that is so good, you still... I, you yeah, like it. But I do like the smell. But do you think you would if you weren't raised in the dark? I don't know. And that's the tricky part, because I think inherently it's stinky. Mm. So there's a sweet smell okay. called benzene. He said, okay, it. Michael says the gasoline has benzene, and benzene has a, an attractive, sweet, sweet smell. But odor. because something has an ingredient of something good in it, I mean, like I, like I said, I can get where people are getting that, but then I'm also like, this is unnatural. Something's wrong is happening inside my body when I huff gasoline. See, <laughs> there's I a think repellent. I think cigarette smoke smells good, too. Because I my, do, too. Because my grandma smoked. So I associate it, yeah, I yeah, associate it yeah. with grandma. Which I think is everything down here. That's why anybody would find me attractive. There's no reason for it unless there was some association with some <laughs> Thank the Lord person. For I know. And that, I'm so thankful that's how things work. Okay. On I'm that out note, of here. Okay. Get out of here. Get out of the state. Love we'll see you next week. Yeah. And we'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye.